Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Max Carlin. Max, how's it going today? I'm doing all right, Ben. How are you? I am doing well. And today, we are going to take a look back to preseason, uh, where we are going to kind of revisit our, our preseason draft boards from before this college basketball season. Um, kind of see, uh, you know, talk about the guys in this draft class who we were maybe right on, uh, who our perceptions have, have changed on, and just go, go over all of those guys. The wait is finally over. Football's in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, we talk so much about uh, evaluations spanning uh, multiple years, and so it's definitely important to see how your perception of guys uh, have changed. Um, but before that, we have a fairly exciting announcement. Um, so. I don't know what, what all the listeners have planned for their consumption of the 2020 NBA draft. Um, I would I would certainly hope there will be no draft parties or anything along those lines, at least not in person. <laughs> but um, if you're interested in virtually stopping by somewhere, uh, we are planning to do a live broadcast, uh, Prep to Pro, of the 2020 NBA draft. So we'll be analyzing the draft as it happens. Uh, I think the plan as of right now is to stream that on Twitch. Um, we're trying to get together what, what should be a pretty, uh, fun, uh, experience. I think, uh, it'll be a good spot to drop in, ask some questions live. We should hopefully be able to interact with that. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, if, if you're just going to be at home doing nothing during the draft, tune in, uh, we we're, we're going to record it and we'll release it, uh, immediately after as a, as a podcast as well. So if you can't, uh, if you can't join in, you know, you'll, you'll get it in your feed as normal, but. Uh, I think it'll be a fun time. Join us live. We'll we'll try to have some cool guests and and some interaction and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, yeah, a good time to to catch all of our live reactions to all of the inevitably ridiculous things that that are going to go on. I'm really I'm worried about my ability to censor myself, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> I mean, I, there there have been snippets in this that um there you got you you got me on Vassell, 
you got me on you got me on Tatum doing some stuff during the bubble preseason. Yeah, I got you on Bomaro and Bomaro. Oh yeah, yeah, and and the stuff from the the mock draft became the infamous the infamous um, manscaped. manscaped ad. Yeah, that was uh, our best ad ever. Uh, again, I think I, I don't remember who you were reacting to, but. Yeah, so so when when a team that's not the Celtics drafts uh, Xavier Tillman, you guys are gonna see me crying on camera. Um, it, it's gonna be a good time. I I can't wait for you to get every single bad comparison right again. Yeah, I'll, I'll try. Except for I, except for Rui to Kawhi, because nobody could have predicted that. Not even the genius that you are. Yeah, I I I was I've been thinking about the bad comps recently because I I need to put out my my like official list of bad comps. Um, yeah, the pressure's on after last year. And, and yeah, I and I'm worried that there aren't too many uh, like coming to mind. I saw on on Twitter the other day. I saw Yam Madar is the Israeli Steph Curry, and, if, and if, if if people are breaking that out, man, I I'm not going to be able. To oh, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. If that if that's a if that's a comp, I, I saw Obi Anthony Davis the other day. Oh boy, so. yes, yes, Obi, the famously mobile. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember where I saw that, but I saw that somewhere. Um, yes, o- yeah. Obi known known for his ground coverage there. It's going to be quite the night. Um, so yeah, I, I catch Max and I. Maybe some some fun guests will will interact with with all of you. Uh, it, it'll be really fun, and and like Max said, we'll release as a pod, so um, it's there for you after the after the fact. But that is the the exciting news. That's the- a beast it's gonna be like a four hour maybe more honestly yeah i don't know what we're gonna do we'll, we'll figure it out yeah really all right let's get into our actual scheduled content for today um where we're talking about the our preseason boards um for the prospects who are still in the the 2020 draft uh we're not going to be talking about Guys, guys like Wendell Moore, Oscar Shibway, who you know maybe would have ranked highly, who have pulled out of this draft because just ours isn't exactly relevant. So I think we're gonna start at the top with Anthony Edwards, who both of us had number one uh, coming out of coming into his college season. I think that was kind of unpopular among draft Twitter, but to- but not totally unseen. So Max, what were your thoughts on Edwards? at the time and how have those changed or not changed uh, many, many months later? Yeah, I thought he was a special physical talent. Um, you know, his body is, in, is incredible. Six, whatever you want to call it, six four, six five, uh, 225, really built. Um, and it was, it was, you know, I think what we talked about on either on one of last week's episodes that he is capable of doing an incredible amount on a basketball court. Um, it's not, it's not just that he has special power and explosion, uh, and balance through contact and, and change of direction. It's that he actually has, you know, finishing craft with both hands that he can pass with both hands, that he has dribble moves, like that. He actually has all of these skills that he has some of the best space creation off the dribble in the entire class, uh, for, for his, for self-created jumpers. Like he has all these abilities when he's, when he's in isolation, he can, move and wall guys off and mirror them like anyone in this class if he chooses to fight over a screen you know he can he can make those evaporate like anyone but maybe okoro and and josh green in this class like he has all of these abilities and i think what i wrote in like my my preseason write-up was 
you know, it's, it's about effort, decision-making feel, um, you know, his approach to the game. Uh, we'll see how that evolves. This was, this was a very, um, I think it was an optimistic ranking of Ant seeing if, you know, I, I thought he had a lot of room to differentiate himself as the number one guy in this class. Um, but the only other guy I, re- I really considered for that was Cole. Uh, Wiseman did not factor in that highly for us. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he had a lot of room to differentiate himself if the wiring of improved. I thought that we saw some more effort from him in AAU as opposed to high school. And I was hopeful that in a you know more intense environment, uh, we'd see more of that. And we didn't. It, I, I would say that what we saw at Georgia was a pretty low-end expectation for Edwards. Yeah, I mean, the, the you know, just the rim gravity plus pull-up shooting combination at his age looked really rare and was really rare. Um, I think I, I was also willing to bet on that. Even, you know, if I think both of us, we kind of uh, agree that Edwards isn't really our type normally, um, the, the guys we normally like and enjoy, but um, his, his his ceiling was too good for me to, to pass on at that point. And I did write in my preseason board that, you know, the, the degree of how good or bad things like the decision making or the the defense or the feel or the passing was would really determine probably determine where I had him um you know a year later funnily enough um uh, when you know the, the draft came and that's kind of what what's what's happened as the the defense was pretty atrocious all things considered uh as was the decision making um and then you know besides a couple more more you know more minor i suppose issues coming up like the the handles was weaker than i kind of anticipated the some of the some of the off-ball offense stuff with with with. but yeah i mean edwards just didn't separate himself as much as i hoped he would um with those with those other things and and the wiring becoming more and more of a concern as those those issues stuck as he left high school still you know still have edwards in my like top four-ish range yeah, I know you have him top two or top. No, three. top three. Top three, yeah. I mean, still, s- s- still one of the top prospects, and I think a worthy, you know, a, a worthy number one choice if you believe in him, and uh, someone who I wouldn't, you know, question as at the top of this draft, but definitely not as you know surefire of a bet as I thought before the season. Yeah, if if Killian hadn't improved a ton and Lamelo hadn't improved somewhat, um, I would still have Ant number one. I think like I, I think that this was a definitely a conceivable uh, you know outcome for him this season at Georgia. Yeah. I think it's fine. Like I think he's a if he were to go number one, he's a low end number one pick for sure, a very low end number one pick. But um, and I, oh. I thought that that he sort of ranged from low end number one pick to like pretty solidly above average is what I thought he would end up being, and and he just he hit the low end of that. Uh, Still a good prospect, nonetheless. Yeah, he's a good prospect. I I largely feel the same about him. Uh, just yeah, di- yeah, disappointed that that we didn't see wiring improvements. Um, and that that's concerning. Yeah, me, I mean, it was mostly just my ranking was hedging a lot of things. You know, looking at TBDs, but yeah, and those things didn't hit. Uh, yeah, Georgia. and I I think that at least something I definitely try to do with preseason rankings is you know be optimistic. You know, like really. Put put like both of us had Xavier Johnson. Like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. liked Xavier Johnson. Um, yeah, maybe I was too optimistic, but yeah, I mean that's the point. Be optimistic with with things you see that are special. Like yeah, I mean I've done the Sharif thing. Like I think it's fairly likely that Sharif cannot get his shot off enough for him to be a star level prospect. But like on the off chance that he can, like 
better to rank him highly and and you know miss than I think rank lowly and and yeah, wrong. Yeah, there aren't exactly stakes <laughs> preseason, but yeah. um, yeah, yeah. I think it was an optimistic rank with Ant. Uh, I think that kind of what what we saw happen was was on the low end of my expectations, but but sort of certainly within those expectations. Uh, yeah, I I don't think that like the eval of him has fundamentally changed. Yeah. I, the next guy both of us had in contention, for the, the only other guy that we, I, I really had, and I think you really had a contention for that number one pick, was Cole Anthony, who has dropped a considerable amount for for us, um, has dropped even more for in the mainstream consensus. Just, um, you know, disappointed by, by pretty much every metric at UNC. Yeah, to give an idea of what people generally thought of him, near consensus, number one on draft Twitter, I would say. Yeah. Um, and more of a late like, top 10 for, alone in tier one, I think for a lot of people. Yeah. And more of a late top 10 guy for more mainstream analysts, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ben, you want to talk about how the, the eval has changed for Cole? Cause I think he's a guy where, where unlike Ant, I think the eval has changed. Yeah. Well, changed. one thing that hasn't changed is the shooting. I think, um, I think that's, I think it's important to start with the one thing that has stayed consistent. Um, maybe it's dropped a little for me in my conception, but, but you know, not that much, just kind of maybe starting to value the EYBL sample a little bit less just because, you know, it was only like 20 games and, you know, 20 games of uber elite um, versus, you know, the rest of his high school career of very, very good, but not like all time. Um, I think it's kind of been something I've thought about a little bit, but n- no doubt I, I thought Cole Anthony was going to be a high level shooting prospect. And I think at, you know, despite his, his struggles at UNC, he, he was a, a very, very good pull-up shooter for a freshman guard carrying a high load. And I think that's still an enticing thing. And, you know, kind of like we've talked about Cole a couple times recently. You know, the reason I'm still, you know, top 10-ish high on him, and I know you are too, is because that, that shooting is special. But the evaluation has changed a lot. Um, I think one of the big things is his burst, which um, I thought was kind of neutral and you thought was worse than that. Um, turns out you were closer and it, 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 even, you know, injuries aside, even before that, it was really a, a really big problem at UNC. Just his whole kind of inside the art game was, was a big issue. I think a lot of like, you saw a lot of the highlight dunks with, you know, the two foot leaping in space, um, with his strength, he was able to overwhelm, uh, a lot of high school and AAU and FIBA defenders, um, and there were legitimately some like incredibly incredible finishes with you know the balance and the, and the touch through contact at the high school level. But with the better athletes um, at the college level and the ACC, especially, that really kind of evaporated as his inside the arc game was really incredibly weak. Uh, you know, you, you can chalk up it to UNC spacing or his injuries, but um, that doesn't change the fact that the finishing was horrible. Um, the intermediate game was pretty much non-existent. The burst was a huge problem, um, and just way more of a problem than we expect. And then the, the passing and decision making, which was a question uh, coming out, but better than it was at UNC, definitely waned as well. Um, the decision making consistency and just the the quality and the complexity of the reads he made was just not as high as uh, UN was at with uh, PSA and AAU and. FIBA and, and his high school team. So, yeah, I mean, offensively, everything but shooting kind of fell below expectation. Um, I think defense is kind of par for me. Like, 
he was fine, you know, fine kind of bad defender in high school with some some theoretical upside because of the vertical explosion and some of the flashes he made rotationally and some of the lateral movement. And I think it was kind of the same at UNC. Um, but yeah, I mean, still, I think a pretty good prospect, but um, he's he's very much fallen, you know, he's fallen for me and, and for Max and for certainly for consensus and a lot of people on draft Twitter, just because all of the other stuff besides shooting that he really disappointed on. Yeah. My physical evaluation of Cole, I think has changed dramatically. Like you said, I, I was not high on his burst coming out, but I didn't think it was like a problem. And evidently it's a huge problem. Um, but I think the biggest difference is if you're a strength based guard finisher, who's not like outlier strong, it's not going to work. So Especially yeah, one who's like considerably older than his competition. Considerably older with uh like neutral-ish wingspan. Um so yeah, Cole was a, yeah, unbelievable two-foot leaper and still is. Still is an unbelievable two-foot leaper, but I thought that what was so special about him was the functionality of, of that because of his strength and balance through contact. Um but yeah, he just doesn't have a big strength advantage anymore. Uh it, it's just yeah, I mean, it's he not was there. Always- He's still strong, but you know he's like not as strong um, as he needs to be to be a strength-based finisher. Exactly. Like the the bar is really really high for a strength-based guard yeah. finisher. Uh, like, Cole is not yeah. that strong. Like, he's not as strong as Maxi. Like oh god no. Sorry, yeah, sorry, he's not, not, not even close to as strong as Maxi. Um, you know, like as who is you know a guy who I think can be like legitimately a strength-based guard finisher. Even though I mean he, I mean he, he's got plenty more than strength, but like someone who can rely on that, I think. Whereas Cole, probably not. Yeah, so Cole, bad burst, no longer plus strength relative to competition. Uh, we've talked about in the past how those things compound um, to sort of limit his advantage creation and um, his ability to sustain those advantages. But yeah, so my, my evaluation of him physically has fallen off a lot. Uh, still like his two-foot space leaping a lot. But yeah, the, the strength is just not there to be a through contact player um and to real like it limits him getting to the rim a lot as well um but yeah it, like on top of that then he doesn't have the refined intermediate game to sort of counter that uh he just like doesn't have a floater down yet um and the passing yeah i thought coming into the year that he was a guy who was very uh like premeditated in his passing um but yeah there were still really high moments for sure um, we didn't really see that much of that at UNC. Like th- there was, I, I, like it would it would have benefited him to be more premeditated. Like yeah. like like w- just waiting out to like execute you know sets. Would, would, yeah, would like our friend Trevor has talked. You know Trevor, who's the UNC specialist. That Cole would kind of just yes, UNC's offensive construction was problematic in a different way. But yeah, a lot of time he just kind of like hijack the offense and not wait for the the play to develop. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe being more premeditated would have been good. I think we didn't see as much of the good stuff in transition as well. Definitely not. Yeah, no, he was a really good transition passer. Uh, yeah, super fast in transition where he doesn't yeah. have to, you know, take forever, where he's allowed to have time to accelerate. Yeah, but I'll, I'll say it again and again and again. Cole, great semi-transition prospect because of his pull-up shooting, space leaping. Uh, and yeah, the fact that, that his acceleration, once he's already moving, I still think is good. Yeah, he's um, fast. He's just not quick. Yeah, and his um, his vision in, in like those open spaces and transition, I think is is good. And he's very he he always in in high school and AAU was very good about 
like looking to pass to hit ahead in transition like he was always very actively looking for that yeah it was Um, good stuff (laughs) yeah he was a good it was a really good early offense prospect um yeah so uh, i mean all both of our opinions like you said cole have changed a lot um view him much more now as a kind of interesting secondary creator type guy really good shooting prospect still everything else pretty questionable um still worth the top 10 pick to me like approximately yeah i'd say yeah, and like to be that good of a shooter while also having the instincts and two foot leaping ability to add team defense impact is valuable. Like it's not crazy valuable. It's not the superstar prospect that a lot of people thought Cole was. Uh, but I think he's still solid uh, and cl- like clearly yeah. undervalued. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Oh my god! Especially yeah. falling into like the mid twenties, even like is absurd. Yeah, I, it's just like if you're if you're Philly in that case, if you're Milwaukee, if you're you know, or even like yeah, yeah, so many of the, these teams in that range, uh, yeah, you're you're probably getting quite the steal with Cole there. Uh, I yeah, I feel like he's going to be best available on our boards for a while. Oh yeah, uh, on draft night, um, because I I think he's going to go too late. All right, so the next guy uh, we're going to talk about is Denny Avdia. Uh, Max, why don't you talk about your perception of him and how it's changed? So coming into the year, Denny was was third for me. I think um, honestly, don't really remember what his what his perception was. I, I think it was about that area for draft Twitter and mainstream. But yeah, I think it's kind of yeah, and, and it's it's maintained for. I th- it's I mean, there's a bit of a split now in in draft Twitter and and pretty consistently a top five guy for mainstream sources. Um, the reason I've, I think I've lowered on Denny is that I kind of like discounted all, all of the things that I now get caught up on with him. That like I thought he was just a really good basketball player, which he most certainly is, but I was not willing to, I think, really interrogate how that fits into a role, uh, how he generates impact, and I think I was, I was far too willing to buy the creation that we saw with, um, with. Uh, youth teams so angt and fiba that denny was a big time recreator in those in those settings um i was far too willing to buy that um so i mean now yeah i just don't really buy any creation equity with him i I don't think that you know he's threatening with his pull-up i don't think that he has the burst or handle to be getting to the rim or the strength um i don't think that he's initiating out of the post like he did a lot in um was it angt or fiba that he was like a really a post hub uh, in FIBA, he did it. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I don't think that he's doing that. Um, there's still no strides with his shot. Um, yeah, very stagnant offensive development. Yeah, the offensive development is stagnant, and then just like finally holding him to a proper standard in terms of how is he going to impact the game. I still think he's just a good basketball player. Um, I think that he'll be pretty solid. Uh, yeah, definitely at the floor as a complimentary player. I mean, yeah, like we, I mean, we've talked about so much how he, he makes a lot of sense as a complimentary guy for Minnesota or for Golden State for these teams that are picking really, really high. It's just he's not going to generate that much impact because you can only do so much as like a, a yes, a brilliant cutter, but you know, a cutter nonetheless. And a, a guy who we think will probably hit spot ups okay, but not be, you know, great in those situations. A guy who can definitely handle and, and create and transition. And I, I really like him as a team defender, but not at like a truly elite level because I don't think that he has the physical tools for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a good player. Uh, and I think that 
my opinion of him hasn't changed that much. Um, I think I've just been a little more um, like particular about the role he's going to fill. Yeah, I was pretty. I don't think I've really changed at all on my perception of Denny for the preseason. <laughs> I, I had him sixth preseason. Um, I have him lower now, but I think a lot of that is because of just um, other guys moving up. I wrote in my preseason board that um, you know I thought he was fundamentally uh, you know had a ceiling as a valuable complementary player, which is where I'm at now as well. Um, basically echoing everything Max said, not showing any of the creation with, you know, with, with Maccabi really um, just continuing to, to lower on that. Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of always understood that he was more complimentary. Um, I feel pretty, I felt pretty good about that uh, a year ago. And I feel the same now with Denny that he can definitely help a team. I think he's a, a guy who kind of raises a good team ceiling, but not someone who can really, you know, be super additive on his own um, or, you know, let, like you said, generate the impact or the value worth of, of being a top one, two, three kind of pick. Yeah, honestly, looking back at what I wrote about him preseason, I, I think it is more just to the to the end of the spectrum that I'm lower on the value of those sort of linking attributes. Um, yeah, because because I mean, I like I called him a star role player in in my write up. And I just yeah. I think I just had a star role player too high. Yeah, I mean, I think it was fine at the time because I just didn't like as many of the other prospects, and you know, there were, you know, pr- plenty of the prospects who I have, you know, toward the top of the draft. Now we'll talk about later. Just weren't in the picture at that point. Yeah. Um. Next, I've got or we've got Nico Mannion. Were you a Nico guy? Um. Yeah, I kind of was. I had him seventh. Um. I liked him quite a bit. I don't think I liked him as much as you or like some other people did. Yeah, so I had him sixth I, in my second tier. I had him in my third tier. I, yeah, I mean, I again, I just, I, I definitely overestimated his athletic ability. Yeah. I thought, you know, I, I wrote in my board that I thought he has enough first step, and I was wrong about that. Um, big time. Big time wrong about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I was, uh, you know, I, I still feel the same way about um, I think the pull-up game definitely is still, you know, there's still their potential for that. The passing is decision-making both on and off of the ball. Definitely still there. Um, defense, you know, small, but tries hard and has some good tools and, and lateral mobility and is pretty smart. All that's there, but just the, the, the athletic tools kind of totally take him out of the, the primary or even like good secondary conversation at this point. Um, and that's just the main place I missed. Uh, and, you know, I, that was pretty evident early, I think at Arizona, which, yes, I mean, as we talked about, was not a great spot for him and certainly overextended him. But it, it was a good spot to, to show what he's not and, you know, prove us that he's not a guy you can really be tasked with with running offense. Yeah, I thought Nico was a pretty solid athlete. I thought he had good burst in vertical. I am still surprised. I, what did he have, like two dunks this year or something yeah, I mean, like I that? I did think – yeah, I was – like, I thought the burst was, like, pretty solidly good good or like, like not 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 good like pretty solidly like like i said pretty solidly enough like in high school uh, yeah that's but what i, I guess, thought again, like accounting for competition level was probably something i didn't do enough and he's an he's another guy who doesn't have adequate strength for a guard and he was never a strength-based yeah guard. he was always a quickness-based guard anyway. yeah but he he doesn't have adequate strength like yeah. he, he again, can just get bumped like off just like, another warning like like when we talked about strength-based guard a quickness-based guard is not quick enough um, a quickness based guard who's not good, but I think that there's like a baseline of strength also. Just sure, like yeah. the guards very much need, sure. um, especially you know moving up as, as, if you don't have other skills that are uber elite. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, Nico, far worse athlete than I thought. But then 
all, all the other stuff is kind of what I liked about him and what I still like about him. He's not the level of pull-up shooter that I hoped. Um, but I still like, I do still think that there's a chance that he's a pretty good pull-up shooter. We, we've talked about his mechanical variations in his pull-up that uh, I think his energy transfer is not always seamless. Like his body curls at times but when when he actually maintains upright posture he looks a lot better shooting it and i think that like the appealing things about nico's a shooter that he has that quick rise ability that he gets a ton of lift on his shot like i think that stuff is still interesting for sort of being a difficult shot maker um it's just less likely that he's actually good at that um it's just hard to be a small, difficult shot maker anyways. Yeah, that that too. But it, like all of the things, you know, I one of the first things I touched on was that uh, like I love his relocation, like that he's he's a brilliant relocator. Um, that was one of the first things I, I touched on in my, my preseason breakdown of him. Um, I, yeah, I talked about like directing people off the ball as a team defender, and he's still so good at these things. And that's why I still like him as a prospect, that he's this versatile on-off ball shooter with really good intelligence who is like a, a very capable and smart passer. Um, but yeah, not, not there athletically, not a special shooter that he probably needed to be. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that it's a, another testament to the idea that the bar is really, really high for guards. Um, kind of regardless of style, you need to be really impressive physically. Um, or just, you know, outlier skilled in some way, like, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you. There, I mean, I think there are certain physical attributes you definitely need, um, at, le- at least to to some level. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I I think Nico is is a guy who I don't like. I, I I the things that I still like about him, or the things that I liked about him, I still like about him, um, save for the athleticism, and that's kind of why I'm I'm still relatively higher on him. Uh, even though, you know, the athleticism is definitely not what I thought it was. Yeah. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it's waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. The wait is finally over. Football's in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so the next prospect that we have is LaMelo Ball, who I was actually pretty high on him. I had him third at the top of my second tier. Uh, where did you have him? 
I had him seventh at the bottom of my second tier, I think. Yeah. Okay. So probably it's kind of similar. Um, he was kind of like fairly par with my expectation, if not a little. I mean, I mean he was better than I expected. Um, I think a, a lot of him moving up to first, uh, well, ahead of the other guys, was just Cole and Edwards being worse than I expected. But yeah, I mean, I think he was, all things considered, he was pretty good in the NBL. Um, uh, obviously loved his, loved the, the, the ludicrous passing, uh, some of the playmaking creativity, all of that, you know, obviously still there. Some of the handle stuff, um, some of the, the floater touch. I think the finishing was a little worse than I thought it would be. Is def- I think the, the frame and, and the burst was all certainly exposed um, in a professional league in the NBL. Um, I think the the defense. Uh, I'm not. I wasn't. I'm not super mad at like considering my expectations. I think. It, I think it was really good relative to expectations. Yeah, exactly. Like, cons- I mean, for I, I mean, I mean, to be fair, the bar was genuinely zero. Like, yeah, he, the bar. The bar was like truly zero. As in, yeah. ha- like, has never played no organized yeah. basketball defense in his life. And he, I, it was very clear in the NBL that that was the case, but there were some, like, there are good moments. Cause I mean, LaMelo just being the genius he is, um, there were, I, there were definitely standout moments of, of that shining through. Um, I, I think the technical stuff improved a little bit as the season went on, but you know, that still has a long way to go. And of course the frame, but just being six foot seven and having that intelligence, like, it was definitely good at moments in the NBL. So yeah, I mean, someone who's who's upside, I'm still like, you know, the most optimistic on in this class. Um, yeah, but haven't changed like a ton on my perception of him uh, from preseason. I think Lamelo impressed me in a few crucial areas. Uh, I was really concerned about his core strength and balance uh, and how that pervaded his entire game. Um, like, and I'm still very concerned about that, but to a level that I I thought it was really, really disastrous. Um, and I think that we saw some improvement in that. Uh, we definitely saw some examples of more balanced jumpers with less of that, like fading away that he did on every single one. Like Um, the the terrible flailing of his legs. mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there were examples of him being willing to take contact at the rim and showing some more balance there. Um, but I'm still very concerned about those things. Uh, just I, I do like seeing it on a positive trajectory. Um, and then the, the other thing is the defense. Yeah, that he had never played organized defense ever in his entire life. And he was a bad defender in the NBL. But um, like the, the relative to like like 18-year-olds as raw as him defensively. like Yeah, enough to the, to the point that even I as the like relative Lamelo skeptic of this podcast yeah. like made made the case for what if he's on a crazy defensive uh growth trajectory and he just in a few years is a very good defender yeah um I yeah mean, I mean there, I thought there was like a, a chance that he was like like all-time bad defensive prospect like, yeah there there are huge like screen navigation issues still his strength is a major issue effort uh, discipline like he makes a lot of bad gambles but to go with that like there are really really good rotations there's obvious intelligence there are good gambles like there, there are reasons to be optimistic about him defensively and i did not think that would be the case i think that's a really high-end outcome for his for this year uh, of performance from him yeah. um yeah i mean the the creative the creativity the genius that we saw I, I think that was all as expected exactly as expected and it's why i mean it's important to remember that I mean, we didn't do that for for this one, 
or for Nico for that matter. But LaMelo coming into the season in the mainstream was like thought of as a fringe first guy. Yeah, I mean, he was like 40-ish in RSCI. Um, yeah, and I, mean, then, I, I think people who watched him always thought that was kind of crazy. Um, yeah, so, a lot of it was the name, I think, as well. But. So in the yeah, in the mainstream, he was like a fringe first type guy. Draft Twitter, you had people, I think, making the case for him as high as one, but I think more more in this range um, of the like the one to five or so range. Um, but yeah, and then that NBL Blitz event happened, that preseason NBL, uh, and you had, you had DX making the case for him at number one. Uh, he had a, me- a meteoric rise off of some preseason yeah. games. Uh, I mean, I think that was, you know, it was a continuation of what he showed at Spire as well. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Um, he was legitimately a good, like, he was legitimately good at Spire, of course. Like, yeah. So, so the genius and creativity, I think, were as expected. These other guys that I had in front of him disappointed big, like, across yeah. the board, they all disappointed. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, crucial growth in strength and balance, uh, defense. And yeah. shot, yeah, I think, was pretty on par with my expectation. Yeah, thereabouts. I mean, the the, the flashes of, of more balanced yeah. individual I mean, shots were there. Just, I mean, in terms of results, like in volume and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still really concerned about a shot. Uh, but yeah, like all of those things were a little better than expected. Um, and yeah, just I think further appreciating the value of his creativity. Just and, how unique of a player he really is. Yeah, yeah. And also I think raise like – buying into the median outcome idea of him as a really good linking guy as well um you know if he if he ends up not having say the finishing ability to to really threaten the defense as a as an off the dribble guy if he's not that level of pull-up shooter um with his team d extra passing uh and and like if he can just shoot off the catch and off the move a bit then he's a very interesting linking guy and sort of probably not accounting for that in the first place either thinking of him as more yeah, of a boom and bust guy all right, so our next prospect is RJ Hampton, who I've raised on, but I think my concept and I think my conception has actually changed quite a bit, or at least a little bit, but I have I've raised on him. Um where did you have RJ Hampton preseason last year? I had RJ I need to check. I think like fourteenth yeah. and now I had him like ninth. I had him like eighteenth and now I have him like fourteen or thirteen. Like Yeah. My opinion of RJ has changed a ton. I, um, I, I mean, first of all, I, I think he was just, you know, a very different player um, in the NBL in a lot of ways. Um, he he really improved a lot, I think. Um, I think one of the major areas where he really improved is his decision-making, um, where I think, you know, the playmaking for, if you're calling him like a, like a, like an initiator, is still a problem, but just the consistency of his decisions um, improved a ton handling the pick and roll handling pressure and then even some you know more high level passes skips to the weak corners and gnashing along the baseline um, were stuff he just never showed um, in, in AAU and in high school um, and then I like I think I also just underestimated his athleticism as well like like we talked about his burst is really really good um, and I did not really think it was I thought I thought it was pretty good but not like not great um, coming out and it's a lot better um, I think less of like a pull-up threat than I thought, less of a self-creator than I thought coming out. Um, but yeah, like like more of like a, a decision maker, I think, again, lots of room to be really good as an off-the-catch attacker. The slashing with finishing potential is really good. Um, again, like I don't like him as much as you do, I think, because I still think the, the shot and the defense are still really worrying um, for his low-end outcomes. 
Yeah, I mean, RJ, like, I view him as, like, it's funny. I view him as less of a primary prospect, but I like him quite a bit better now uh, than I did coming out. Yeah, I, I feel the same way that I think that I, yeah, I was evaluating him pretty harshly as a primary prospect then. Um, and now, yeah, I view, view him definitely more as a, as a secondary type guy that he, you know, he's going to be attacking off advantages created by other people or, or, you know, his, his, um, his on the ball opportunities will be, uh, more of a, you know, alternative in an offense rather than the, uh, primary, uh, (laughs) objective, but, yeah, the big difference is athletic. Um, I like didn't think that he was that good of an athlete. Like I, I thought that he was fine. Uh, I thought he was like a solid athlete. And now I think that yeah, his burst is like his burst and speed are are legitimately pretty special. Um, that you know his his short area quickness I think is really high level. Um, in, in addition to that open court ability. Uh, and I just, I just, it was, maybe he's gotten better. Maybe I was just wrong. Uh, but yeah, he, he looks way better athletically to me. Yeah, uh, I'd interested to go back and kind of look at him. So I, yeah, before. I watched, I watched a drive nation game recently. Was it the phenom one? Yes, it was the phenom one. Yeah. I was going to say um, that. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. I watched the phenom one. Um, yeah. He like looked more like an on-ball self-creator than he did, obviously, in NBL, because that just wasn't really his role. Yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't look that impressive athletically, honestly. Like, he was <sighs> he was pretty fast, but not, like, crazy. Uh, not the blur that he is now. Um, so, I yeah, I don't, know what to, I don't know what to do with that. Like, I, I'm inclined to think we were just wrong, uh, as opposed to he got way faster and quicker. But maybe he did. Um, yeah, I like him more as like a, a vertical athlete now. Um, I think seeing him with space at times is really impressive. Uh, and then I'm, I'm like excited for the potential of strength gain there. Um, and yeah, the, the decision-making, uh, he's made strides for sure. I think that he, he was better in AAU than he was in high school as a decision maker, but, um, you know, I don't really remember a lot of him from high school, to be honest. Like, yeah, he was a really bad decision maker in high school. Yeah. Um, but again, but I he, think that's a lot of that is expected at like sports schools where the, he's like yeah. carrying everything. For sure, for sure. But um, yeah, I, I think he's made big strides as a decision maker. That he's a guy who can definitely be trusted to make positive yeah. plays on. But I on think King even Johnson. even from like the beginning of the like NBL blitz, beginning of that season to 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 the end of his shortened season, like for sure was different. <laughs> was notably different. Yeah, so strides as a decision maker, way better athletically than I thought he was. Um, uh, as bad as expected yeah. defensively. <laughs> Takeaways that were just bad. Just bad at evaluating athleticism. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. It's really hard. It's, it's really hard. tough to evaluate, especially at the high school level when there's so many like factors to to consider, like competition level and age and, and things yeah. in different contexts. It's it's tough. Like, yeah, it's really hard. Um, but. Yeah, RJ way better athletically than I thought. Strides as a decision maker, as bad defensively as I thought. Uh, again, other guys disappointed more. But yeah, I remember like doing my first NBL binge. Uh, I don't know when, like November or Forever something like that. Ago. Um, yeah, like legitimately a year ago. Uh, and being like, wow, RJ, RJ looks pretty good. Um, this is a very different guy from from what I had seen in the past. Uh, and that kind of, you know, I mean, he didn't end up putting up, putting together much more film because he got hurt, but 
Um, yeah, I think that it's like kind of held up that I, I think he's a pretty interesting prospect, not an amazing one. Definitely benefits just from like, he, you know, he's he's one of the first guys that I'm prioritizing once I think the, the class falls off a ton right after um, Onyeka to me in that mid lottery range. But yeah, I like him a lot as like a secondary guy. I think he'll be, you know, a useful guy off the ball in the half court, great transition player. Um, and I think like with, with his lateral movement, once he gets stronger, uh, a guy who will maybe be passable in some defensive roles. <laughs> yeah. So next we have uh, the one, the only Killian Hayes. Um, so Killian fan, man, why don't you talk about <laughs> a little bit about Killian Hayes um, and his kind of meteoric rise for, 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 for everyone, basically. So, yeah, Killian in the mainstream was not popular, uh, like I think typically outside the top 20. Draft Twitter was a mix. Some people were very, very in on him. I think Mike Mike Gribbenov might have even kept him as like the number one guy in the class. At least I think like league. like Ricky Skrika, Skrika had him really yeah, high. So, so there were some like, huge fans. Um, I had him 15th on my preseason board. I had him 12th, which was a little higher than you, but. Yeah, I think probably the same tier. I, I had him in my third tier. Um, so, yeah, Killian Hayes evaluation coming into this year. Brilliant, brilliant pick-and-roll passer. Uh, High-level manipulator. Every read in the book. Um, just like a sensational 17-year-old pick-and-roll passer. About as good as you'll see. Uh, that's still the case. Um, you know, his vision, manipulation, timing – are, are brilliant. Uh, it's, it's all there. Uh, I think everything else has sort of changed in the evaluation for him. Always been a bad three point percentage, high free throw percentage guy. Um, so there's been some, some, you know, mixed opinions on his shot, but took a huge step forward as an off the dribble shooter this year, really upped his volume and his effectiveness, especially I think on long twos. Um, showed off space creation off the dribble that he, you know, had in, to some degree in the past, but really made massive strides is, is now, you know, he, he and Ant, I think are probably like the best in the class at, at space creation for off the dribble uh, jumpers. Um, so yeah, made huge strides with his footwork on that. Uh, and then the, the two areas that I think are really huge that have kind of defined his meteoric rise to me uh as a prospect. And it, I guess it, that's probably not a fair way to phrase it. Cause he's been for so long, a, a huge name in international circles that he's, he's been kind of like a defining player of the, of the generation, but had kind of been perceived to, to have, uh, to st- stagnated uh, prior to this year. Um, his athletic gains have been unbelievable. Uh, I've, I've gone back and seen, I saw some of the, the France FIBA stuff, it was from, bad from last year. Yeah, fairly it was really bad. He was just so slow. Yeah, I remember like, like just like like Jalen Suggs took his lunch every single possession. Uh, he, like Jalen Suggs was great, but still, like it was it's so much better now. Like, Killian was so so slow, and he's not like the burstiest guy now. But yeah. I I you know kind of keep getting higher on his burst. I think he's definitely stronger too, even if just yeah. a little bit. Like yeah. I mean, he's kept, he's add, he's added bulk to, to his very good frame. Yeah. I do think like, it's very impressive that he was able to add functional strength and burst at the same time. Like, I think that's kind of hard to do probably in like, yeah. And he's, he's real. still, he is still stiff in his lower body. Um, but the, probably just the, always going to be that way to some extent. 
Yeah, like, but the, the fact that he's made burst gains to me is is uh, encouraging that I think that there's maybe some more room for that. But that's not even what his game is predicated on. It's predicated on crazy good change of direction that I don't really think he had in the past, that he is just like really, really sharp with his change of direction now. Uh, and that's kind of that that playing at a different pace, you know, uh, you know, playing playing at a different speed from from the defense, um, and you know, combining that with change of direction uh, is kind of how he wins, how he creates advantages. Uh, and I, I just don't think that he had that in the past. Um, so we're talking strides as a shooter, strides as an off the dribble space creator, uh, strides as an advantage creator by virtue of athletic improvements, and then his leap defensively has been equally enormous um always a very smart and good team defender capable of using his his feel and size and and not overwhelming length but just by by the mere fact of being six five and having like a slightly plus wingspan uh you know having some size to work with he made a gargantuan leap as a defensive player on the ball um used to never be in a stance was wildly off balance uh could not get any bend in his knees and now is, I think, one of the best point of attack defensive prospects in the class that he moves really well laterally. He uses his strength. He sort of uh, just swallows guys up with his length. Uh, he has his, That footwork is showing up on the ball uh, to the point that, yeah, I, I think he's a really, really great defensive guard prospect. Uh, so you take that all together that this is a guy who's made strides as a shooter, made strides as an advantage and space creator, uh, and made huge strides as a defender, and you have, to me, the best prospect in the class. Yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up your ranking of him behind Trey Mann. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, Killian, I think the on-ball defense is, like, the most, like, visually obvious improvement. Like, he, he went from, like, genuinely atrocious to genuinely very, very good. Um, I think it says a lot about him and a lot about the nature of on-ball defense as well, but he still, like, not from a guy who, I mean, I always liked his defensive. Uh, I, I was pretty, I think I was pretty high on his defensive outlook because I always liked the team defense and just him being young and smart and big. I, I always bought it improving, but certainly not to this degree at this age this quickly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I expected him to, I, I always thought he was a good defensive prospect, but to view him as like a pretty high, like a pretty solid potential, like near all league guard defender. Um, was not something I expected to to have that conception um, coming into this draft. Yeah, I mean, offensively, just has made huge strides, huge, huge, huge strides um, in pretty much every way. Just as, as a score, which was really the thing for him. You know, can he have the scoring gravity to maximize his passing? And I think he's clearly showing that he can. Um, not to like you know a superstar level extent. I don't think anyone really views Killian as like a, a franchise changing initiator level prospect, but certainly uh a very good one and you know not my number one guy but my number two in in a tier with Lamelo. i think there's a solid case for him at number one yeah just has improved so so much uh echoing all of what max said um certainly i think probably like wins like the most improved award if there is one oh, yeah yeah it's a blowout yeah yeah i don't even know i don't know who comes in second maybe like Vassell. yeah it's it, it's killian's award and yeah, he's great, and he's gonna fall to like eight um, in this draft somehow. But. Yeah, best play in the draft. Listen to last week's episode. Yep. Um, yeah, it really is wild how much he improved 
Um, yeah, the, the on-ball defense stuff is, I think, the least surprising. Because, yeah, I'm with you that I think that for, for guys that young, it's super malleable. Uh, and I've, 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 I've kind of – like just I'm obviously not, smart and, and big and yeah. – Yeah, I was just worried with him because of his general athletic limitations. Um, but he's made crazy strides there. Just yeah, he he's on a, a really meteoric growth trajectory. Um, it makes me very optimistic for for the future. And yeah, I would say even if he doesn't sustain sort of this level of growth, that he's still a very good prospect. Um, yeah, yeah. I it he I just I just didn't expect this. I I if you told me kind of that this was what he was going to look like. Uh, this year, I would have been very surprised. I, I remember going back to that that first game from from the from Ulm and being like, "Whoa, what is this guy defensively?" And I put I put, I put together a, a like compilation of of some of the Sholay stuff with with that first game that I watched of him in Ulm, and I was like, "This is a different prospect." Yeah, it's pretty stark. Uh, we love Killian Hayes. Uh, we've done a whole episode on Killian Hayes. We've... Two, two episodes, two, oh, yeah. yeah, two parts. Yeah, I suppose like one. <laughs> two. one. Two two part episode. Um, I wonder how many hours we spent on this podcast talking about Killian Hayes. Like, oh man, I was it, so it finally dawned on me the other day that like this cycle is almost over. That this seventeen month draft cycle is is almost over. And I was just thinking about like the hours that I've spent watching this class. It's embarrassing. It's like like well over like fifteen hundred. I think it's something crazy like that. I'm glad we don't have it tracked. <laughs> yeah, no, neither do I. It's, not really healthy um <laughs> should should we move on to the next guy yeah um very oh, different prospect less fun. <laughs> uh let's talk about isaiah stewart who are uh, pretty pretty consistently a top guy for rsci and i think in most mainstream circles had him towards the top um i mean we we liked him more than we like him now is he rsci too um i think i think carrie was was he not and Ant was one. Um, I can go find out right now. Yeah, I want to check this because he was two or three. I can fi- I can find out. Um, but RCI number two, number yeah. two. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like I, I even at the time we all, most of draft Twitter were like that's that's insane. Um, I had him. What did I have him? I had him thirty one. You had him higher, right? Yeah, I had him in the twenties. Yeah. Um, I guess just kind of like underestimating like how athletically deficient that he actually is, um, how how limited his vertical explosion and you know the the speed of his load really really is, um, how detrimental some of the size would be. I think he's worse offensively than I expected. And like I guess I kind of just like looking back. I mean I really did just like overvalue a kind of bleh center. Um, like I, I know I don't really remember him ever being that impressive or dominant. Um, going back to his time at Lalu or, or in FIBA, um, yeah, I mean, just certainly not as good of a prospect as, as we thought, even considering our skepticisms. Yeah, the idea of of Stewart, I think, was sort of what the idea of Wiseman is now. It, to me, that that he's a guy who, yeah, he might not be able to play crunch time for you, and might not be that great, but he's going to be soaking up thirty minutes a game. And we'll be fine in those minutes, maybe even a slight positive. And that's okay. Like that's that's okay to invest a late first in. Um 
However, yeah, I did not appreciate his athletic limitations or his offensive role limitations. Like I knew that he had the the processing delay as an offensive player. I didn't. I don't think I fully appreciated that he would never ever pass. Um, but yeah, it's it really comes down to the athleticism. That if I had appreciated how limited of a vertical athlete he was, I would not have had him ranked at all. Probably, uh, he is a really bottom tier vertical athlete. He cannot jump at all. That is a huge limiter as a defensive big man. Especially uh, as a six foot eight defensive big man. Yeah, even though he's very long, it's yeah. still I mean, they're, strong, but the height, you know, matters. There are there are just so many instances of guys just like, oh, little floater right over Isaiah Stewart because he can't jump high enough to disrupt it at all. Um yeah, he he really can't jump. Um can't move in space at all either. Uh like, you know, doesn't doesn't have the mobility to say close out from the paint to the to the perimeter like just will not get there in time if he does he won't be able to uh chop his feet and stop and then slide like he can't do any of those things um and it's not just a technique thing it's a actual movement capability thing uh yeah not an nba caliber athlete at all um but tries very hard is very strong very long uh people love him yeah probably gonna stick around like if I, it wouldn't shock me if, if he stuck around in the locker room because of all the all the things you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if he stuck around. It would shock me if he ever plays much. Um, but yeah, I, I wildly underestimated how limited he was athletically. Yeah. Um, I was pretty firmly like Stewart better than Carey, but now I've obviously flipped on that. Like, yeah, I think I think that was the case for me as well. Yeah, because I think I kind of I, I don't remember that well honestly. I think I kind of liked him defensively because of his. Just like that, he, he tried hard, was very long, very strong. Um, and yeah, it, it's like turns out he's way too athletically limited to have utility there. It's again, evaluating athleticism is hard, it's really hard. It's it's very hard, um, it's, it, it's tough, it, it's hard, it's, it's it's difficult. Uh, it's I think there's a lot to be learned, a lot to glean from. Uh, prospects like Cole and Nico and I guess even Stewart in terms of evaluating athletic tools and physical tools at lower levels, but still a thing that, you know, we're trying to improve on and it's always going to have, it's always going to have misses and there's always going to be surprises, but. Yeah. Um, do you want to do one more on this one or should we cut this part one? Oh, uh, let's cut it. Okay. Yeah. I think we can cut it here. So yeah. Uh, part one. Thank you all for for listening. The support recently, the uh, you know, it, it, it's been pretty overwhelming and, and awesome as the draft approaches. So, thank very, very, very deep thank you to, to everyone who listens to the show and shares it and recommends it. Uh, it means a ton to us. You can follow, you can listen to the pod. Follow us on at Prep to Pro Pod on Twitter. Um, follow Max at Max A Carlin on Twitter. Follow me at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore. And with that, uh, we'll see you all back for the next part.